Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. On the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel, and that can only mean one thing. It is the smoke break. And it's good to have you in. I hope you had a terrific Easter. I don't know what it is. It's been a crazy, it's been a crazy month. Crazy couple months, I guess. I honest to God, I forgot it was Easter up until the weekend. I go, my God, it's Easter. And you know what that means? We're what? We're 10 days removed from the NFL draft. This offseason's cooking. And I think the reason it went so quick is because of how absolutely insane it was. This offseason, bar none, was the greatest of all time. And I don't think recency bias is rearing its head here. I think, you know, you took anybody my age, 80 years old, somewhere in between. It'd be a tough, tough sell to argue that this has not been the greatest offseason in NFL history. And to cap that off will be an NFL draft. And it's it's weird. This particular draft is, is it just me or does it seem like the hype for this draft is a lot less than in years past? I think it's, I think it's strictly due to the lack of a quarterback pool. In this particular draft, the quarterbacks aren't exciting by any means. If you look at most mock drafts, which we will do today, uh, we will look at a bunch of mock drafts in today's show. If you look at most of them, though, the quarterbacks are non-existent in the top 10. That is unheard of in this day and age. So we're going to cap off an incredible offseason, an unforgettable one, with a draft that is unprecedented. Going into this one, you don't expect any major blockbuster moves and you look back over the last several years last year of course uh, major wide receiver draft a few years back the quarterback class and and quarterback classes I should say that have come out over the last several seasons that's not the case this year so a very interesting draft coming up and during this show as I tell you all the time I am no draft expert I don't pretend to be but there are people who get paid to be draft experts so today we are going to take a look at a bunch of different NFL mock drafts from a variety of different experts and see what they think is going to be the storyline at the end of the first round for the Buffalo Bills. Who are the Buffalo Bills going to take in the upcoming draft? As we know right now, the easy guess would be cornerback. We're hoping it's cornerback because if it isn't, what is the solution currently? We don't have one. So obviously it's going to be addressed in the draft. A matter of when is the question. Let's kick tonight's show off. Speaking of offseason, 
the offseason without football has been a bit, uh, what's the right word here? The offseason without football has been shorter. Not a tough one to figure out there, out of boy bat. It's been a lot shorter this year because this past weekend we got live professional football, live professional spring football. And that, of course, came way from the USFL. The USFL kicked off over the weekend, the new spring league. And I am very intrigued by the USFL and spring football in general. The USFL is back. It was a league that existed light years ago. And as we know, Jim Kelly got his start in the USFL. Now, it's odd. The USFL that's currently in existence is apparently not linked to that USFL. Uh, that The old USFL ownership is suing the current USFL. It seems like a lot's going on behind the scenes. I don't care about that. I care about what I'm watching on the field. I'm interested to hear from you guys before I get into it. What were your thoughts on opening weekend for the USFL? Did you enjoy it? Did you even watch it? Did you know it was even on? I had a few buddies message me saying, what the hell is the USFL? I said, baby, it's football. Plain and simple. If football's on, I'm watching it. And especially now, I'm not a baseball guy at all. I, I enjoy the, the playoffs because there's a sense of urgency there. The MLB for me is unwatchable because there's too many games. It's impossible to follow. God bless any of you in here, and I'm sure there's a bunch, who follow the MLB as closely as they do the NFL. I have buddies who do it. I don't know how. They watch every game. It's incredible. I don't understand how you could possibly pull it off, um, and that's why I can't get into it. I see Kenneth coming in here saying I was watching the NBA playoffs. See, I was too. I'm the same way with the NBA. I can't get into the NBA during the regular season either for similar reasons to why I can't get into the MLB. One, for the NBA, too many games. Similar to MLB. Now, MLB is absurd. Absurd. It is just ridiculous the amount of games they play. I'll never understand it. And that's the reason their, their ratings are in the tank. There's no urgency. There's no, there's no need. You could take two weeks off from watching your favorite baseball team, pick things back up two weeks later, and they could be in the same seating, uh, whatever. It, nothing changes. In the NFL, you miss one week, the whole league flips on its head. And that's why the NFL is so great. Now, the NBA, I enjoy the NBA playoffs. And the reason why is because the starters play. What has happened now in the NBA is – the starters are healthy scratches almost every other night. So the, the league has become a, a load management league where, you know, you, you can never expect the top guys to play uh, night in and night out. And to me, that's just not, that's not a good product. And I, I know Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, is trying to address that because he's, he's aware of it. I mean, that's the guy managing the business. And the business, of course, is what the NBA is and your business is going to suffer when your best employees are not out on the court. Um, but to kind of this point, I was watching the NBA playoffs and they were enjoyable, but to me, NBA playoffs, MLB regular season, I'm, I'm looking for football. That's, that's my, that's my, you know, cup of tea. And here it is spring football, USFL. And uh, I see I'm getting your I'll get your uh, guys comments in here right now as I'm looking through Scott Blakely coming in here saying USFL not going to make it not enough talent in my opinion we'll start there so uh, I think you got to take the USL for what it is at, at face value right the USFL 
is essentially the equivalent of, I live in Rochester here, right? So we have the Rochester Red Wings, AAA baseball. You don't go to these AAA baseball games expecting to see the likes of Mike Trout, Aaron Judge. You don't expect to see, you know, Randy Johnson out there on the mound. You go for the experience, right? It's a baseball game. It's entertaining. It's fun. Um, it's something to do. Oftentimes when I go to those games, they have an incredible food selection, uh, you know, beer, you name it. It's an outing, right? It's something to do. And you don't go there expecting to be blown away by the product on the field. That's what I took the, USL, the USFL for at face value over this weekend when I, when I first tuned in. Initially, I was overwhelmingly impressed with the presentation value. And I think that is an absolute key for the success of this league. That was the first simulcast between two major networks in Fox and NBC since 1961. That was a major feat in broadcasting. And they did so, they, they, they carried it out for, for the USFL. And you had known, well-known guys in the booth, down on the field, which, by the way, one of the tandems for uh, calling the games this weekend, Collinsworth Jr. and Jason Garrett. And now, I, I don't know, I must have been under a rock, but I had no idea that Jason Garrett has is, is entered the broadcasting world. No clue. So it, I, I saw a bunch of people online talking about that because we all know, or at least I know, you know, the sentiment towards Chris Collinsworth in Buffalo. I'm a big Chris Collinsworth fan because I take it for what it is. He knows his stuff, but I do understand the resentment in Buffalo because I do agree to the fact that he oftentimes discredits Josh Allen's talent. He, he, it's, it's almost like it's a burden for him to admit how good Josh Allen is. I think that's why he doesn't sit well in Buffalo. But that was an odd takeaway for me. But nonetheless, we're used to seeing Collinsworth Jr. And uh, we're used to seeing, uh, what's his face there from, the, from, from college there, uh, blanking on the name. You know who I'm talking about, though. Oh, Joe Klatt. That's what I'm thinking of. It was no-name guys calling these games presentation on NBC, Fox, you know, the, the main channel. It's not like you had to go to FS1. It's not like you had to go to Peacock, which I think they were both on those channels. But it, we're talking main cable networks here. So right off the bat, I was impressed with that. Now, the first game, right out of the shoots, it was like an offensive explosion. And I was thinking to myself, okay, if this is what it's going to be, now we're talking. Now we're talking. But it wasn't. I thought right out of the gate it was going to be like like almost like Big 12 football, just non-existent defense, lights out offense, and nonstop scoring, you know, up into the 40s, 50s. That wasn't the case. So to Scott's point here, not enough talent. Agreed. But that, of course, is the reason it exists. If the talent was good enough to not be in the USFL, you know where they'd be. They'd be at the next level. They'd be in the NFL. So I look at it like that. All right, these guys clearly aren't good enough to be in the NFL. So because of that, the talent pool is going to be lesser than, of course, it would be in the NFL. So you take it for what it is. If you go into it approaching watching this league with the mindset of looking for what you see on Sundays during the fall, you're going to be disappointed. But I think they're doing a terrific job of trying to launch the sport into a you know, a, a, a time of the year where I think the void needs to be filled. Because if you're somebody like me, who's not an MLB guy, 
You're not a, you're not an NBA guy. Oftentimes, the entirety of my sports focus is off-season football, right? And that that's why this off-season was so great because there was a story every other day. But there is no actual football. So even though it's not this overwhelmingly amazing product, I did enjoy it. And I do personally think that it will be here to stay. And the reason I think that is because of two reasons. One, for what I just said, I think the spring is a perfect opportunity to do it. The XFL is coming back. The USFL is here. And I think that with those two competing and as they grow, and I think the talent will increase, the viewership will increase. I think that that will be a major I think that will be a major factor in the growth of this. If those two get the ball going, right? If those two contend against one another for viewership, it'll ultimately wind up increasing the product on the field. And I think that the current situation that we see ourselves in in the spring is yearning for some football, and that puts it in, right? But the main reason I think this survives is the gambling market. Now, I, I like to throw a couple bucks on a game every now and then. You know, back in the day, I'd throw a lot of money on it. I'm not going to lie to you. I used to be big into it. But, you know, once you, there's a reason Vegas is building a multi-billion dollar casino, what seems to be every other month. You're not meant to win. But you know how it is. Gambling makes watching these games a hell of a lot more fun. And if you have a little bit of coin on the game, it makes watching these games a hell of a lot more interesting. So that's why I could see the league succeeding because of the gambling market. It's legal almost all across the U.S. now. And the fact that, listen, football is the most popular sport in this country, bar none. It has taken over it, dominant. It's just not even close. What football has been able to accomplish. I mean, think about what we're talking about right now. I mean, I, we, all we did all, uh, during the last few months since the Super Bowl was talk about the NFL offseason. That dominates ESPN, Fox, any talk show you're listening to, radio, television, the majority of their conversations are surrounding the NFL offseason. Nobody really cares about anything else. The NFL has become a year-round product. The only thing it's missing is additional games in these slots where it doesn't exist. That's where I think a league like the USFL will wind up succeeding. Pair that with the gambling market, and I'm interested to see where it goes. Uh, room, uh, uh, the, the word was they did around 3 million or so views over the weekend. Not bad. But I think that you have NBC and Fox behind it, supporting it. I think that's major. Presentation value was great. I do agree with Scott. You know, it, it, the, the, the talent, very lackluster. But you got to remember, these guys are all living in a hotel. They're playing in, they're living in the middle of nowhere in Birmingham. They're all playing the same, uh, playing in the same stadium. So it is what it is, but nonetheless, it is football. And that's what I enjoyed about it. On Easter Sunday, I was watching football, and I can't be mad about that whatsoever. Victor coming in saying the Jersey game was fire. Oh, I thought you meant the jerseys. I was going to say, you know, the Jersey game was fire. It was great. That was the introductory game, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, I thought you meant the jerseys on the field. That was the one issue I had. It, it, the reason it felt so inauthentic to me is because the jerseys just kind of looked like high school jerseys. But then again, I got to come back to my own point where it's like, you got to take it for what it's worth. You know, Nike's not going to be pairing up with these guys right out of the gate. Um, you know, even Adidas, Under Armour, whatever. There was no branding anywhere on the field. And some of the jerseys, I forget which team, but the one jersey looked just like Florida State. 
And to me, that's where I could see, I don't, I don't know if cheap's the right word, but it just seemed like there was a lesser level, uh, a lesser level of entertainment value based on that. But I mean, you know, I, I'm also the guy who's a sucker for like a million different jerseys um, in this league. I love the uniform combinations. I got roasted on Twitter for putting out the fact that I would not mind the Bills bringing back the Navy Blues for one game, just one game, so that we could rewrite the wrongs of that era. I mean, imagine if Josh Allen comes out in the Navy Blue. And this is how I picture it. And I, and I, I, somebody had made an edit of Josh Allen in the Navy Blue uniform with the red helmet. And I understand it's like PTSD central when it comes to the to the uh, the navy blue jerseys. Believe me, I get it. That's what I grew up on, and we all know that those jerseys symbolize mediocrity and an overwhelming lack of success. But imagine this: Josh Allen and the rest of the boys take the field with the navy blues on and the red helmets against, let's say, the Jets, and they just run the score up. I mean, I'm talking a game like. Wild card weekend against the Pats. I mean, we're talking utter domination. Wouldn't that just soothe the soul? I mean, wouldn't that just make you feel so much better to see some success, some talent in those uniforms? Jason Taylor coming in saying it's just a jersey. Listen, man, I understand that, but that jersey was symbolic of a lot of heartbreak, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of disappointment. And for the love of Christ, what I wouldn't give just to, for one Sunday afternoon to see Josh Allen and arguably the best team in football rock those uniforms and avenge him. That would be awesome. Um, this is hilarious, by the way. Yes, Southside Chris coming in here. This is insane to me. And me and my dad were watching it. And we both looked at each other and we said, there's no way that just happened, right? Is that real? And then I went online and it was like, I, I was seeing a lot of it. Somebody posted the video of it and it had like 15,000 likes. They, they did like a, almost like a hard knock style thing before the US, the first USFL game kicked off. One of the guys, and I forget which team it was, but one of the, one of the players got let go from the team because he didn't want a chicken salad sandwich. He wanted a slice of pizza, and he voiced uh, his frustration with the meal choice. And I shit you not, they brought him into the coach's room, sat him down like an eight-year-old kid, told him that disrespect won't be tolerated, and they cut him. Now, I'll say this. If the USFL wants to survive, they can't be cutting guys over chicken salad sandwiches. I'm so glad you brought that up, Southside Chris. I, for the love of God, could not believe what I was watching. And I, and I was talking to my dad. I go, he had to have done something else, right? No, no. They made the dude pack his bags and ship it back home. And mind you, you got to remember, these guys, I, I looked it up. They're making like, I think it's $45,000 for the season. So we're not, we're not talking major league money here. I mean, we're talking, you're probably your standard salary in this country for most jobs right Forty-five thousand, give or take then they get uh a bonus if you win like a grand or something like that and then i think they get a ten thousand dollar bonus which is a pretty cool incentive to win the championship but you add it all up you know they're not making professional sport type money so this guy's there for the love of the game and beyond that i mean you know it, it doesn't go much farther i mean imagine the work you got to put in 
to be, you know, probably NFL caliber to a degree because these guys aren't scrubs. I mean, they can play football. There's a reason they're in the league. But, you know, they're there because they want to be. And to get canned over a chicken salad sandwich, I mean, that sounds like an SNL skit. And it, they, weren't, they weren't joking around. So uh, I, guess, I guess the unwanted advice that I'd give to the USFL would be, hey, if you're going to want to make this thing work, I suggest just letting the guys eat pizza if that's what they desire. And if they have a problem with a chicken salad sandwich, I wouldn't make, it a, I wouldn't make a big deal about it. And that was like five minutes of the of the documentary. I mean, they spent some time on that. And uh, I mean, these coaches they they weren't they they were not joking around. I mean, they just canned this dude over a chicken salad sandwich. So, uh, like I said, we're we're to the to the USFL. I'm sure they're watching. Uh, just let's it's, let's ease up on the on the on the disciplinary actions over the lunch. You know, uh, not necessary. Going back into the uh, the comments here, let's see what else you guys thought about the USFL. Like I said, I, I, I think it's interesting. I think it's got potential, um, but we'll see what happens. Obviously, we watched the XFL fizzle out. That was due to COVID, but, you know, we'll see where it goes. Um, Jason Taylor says, how do they compete with the XFL next year? So that's, that's what I'm wondering. That's a good question. I, I think, I don't know if you're going to be able to notice the competition between the two right away, but I think what it does, it's like anything else. I mean... You, you, you take one product, a uh, perfect example, Madden, right? There's a reason Madden has been the same game since 1999. There's no competition. The last sports game made by a manufacturer other than EA was ESPN 2K5, the greatest football game ever made. That's it. Dunzo. Why has Madden suffered? There's no competition. They look you right in the face and they tell you, hey, you either buy our game or sit on your hands and, uh, and not play because that's your options. So you look at this league, you look at these two leagues, if you have the USFL, what's the incentive if it's the only league? Bring in the XFL, you're fighting for viewership, you're, you're fighting for notoriety. I think that brings out the best in both leagues, and I think that's where we get the best product. So that's what I'm interested to see. Jason also asking, is there a game tonight? There is. So there's a Monday night game tonight, and I think they're doing a good job of spreading it out. We had the Saturday night game a full slate of Sunday games, and then a Monday night game tonight. So, uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome stuff. I will never argue with more football. That is a 100% fact. So the biggest news today coming out of Buffalo, by the way, my sister's boyfriend, he is, uh, he's an MLBer. He's currently in the rotations on the um, – I think he's double a right now my mom just texted me she said uh uh better publicly apologize to xavier for the hate on the mlb no way xavier if you're watching not an mlb guy rooting for you heavy kid but no apology necessary anyhow the biggest news today for the buffalo bills is incredibly interesting we're going to be revisiting our old foe tom brady but not in the way that you might have thought tom brady and Aaron Rodgers are going to be facing off against Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes in a golf challenge. And the smack talk has already been underway. And I, I think this is awesome for a variety of reasons. Um, but if you go over to Josh Allen's Twitter, Tom Brady 
posted a picture of him shirtless, and I think it's his. He's got a little kid up at the tee, and it's Josh Allen. He photoshopped Josh Allen's head on it, and then Josh Allen quoted it saying, "At least he didn't put me in the Brady brand apparel with a vomit emoji," which I think is great. But anyhow, we have a golf tournament coming up. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. So I'll read you off a little bit about this. Uh, this is from ESPN. The 12-hole exhibition will take place uh, at 6.30 p.m. on TNT. When is this? I don't know. It's not giving me a date. A date would be nice. Um and uh, it says Allen 25, the Buffalo Bills quarterback, is looking to get his first win of any kind against Brady. And that's the first thing I thought of when I, when I saw this story because that's got to be on the mind of Josh Allen. If you're a competitor like we know J.A. is, you know it probably sticks in his craw that he never beat Brady. He had his opportunities when he was in New England. It didn't happen. A great opportunity last year against the Bucs, brought it to overtime. Couldn't get over the hump. But the reason I think that this story is so incredible is that what this is telling you, because when you hear Tom Brady and you hear Aaron Rodgers, what do you think? You think the class of the league. You think, you know, first ballot Hall of Fame represents the league. You think NFL, nine out of ten people are telling you Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Those two are paired up the cream of the crop of the league, the representers, the faces of the league, and have been for a while. Who are they facing off against? Oh, that's right. The new face of the league. The up-and-comers. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are just about to the point of solidifying themselves as the face of the league. And this is an unbelievable feat as Bills fans. And I always talk about this, but let me tell you this. I'll never be able to talk about it enough. I mean, we're talking about a team right now in the Bills who has a guy who is well on his way to being the face of this league. Patrick Mahomes, we all know he's got a step. Just based on the success that they've had and the earlier success. Mahomes has had an elongated stretch of success compared to Josh Allen. But you pair that with the unbelievable battles that they've gone through the last couple of years, those two. You pair that with the fact that they're leading the two best teams in the AFC. You pair that with the fact that they both have similar play styles that are unbelievably electrifying, must-see TV. You can't miss it. They're redefining the game. They're redefining how the position's played. Those two are facing off against the old goats. And the first thing that really came to mind to me was this is showing you who the new face of the NFL is going to be, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. And just thinking about that as a Bills fan is just, it, it is pure euphoria. It truly is. You might say, okay, Z-Bot, it's just a golf tournament. Who cares? Okay, well, you, you, don't, you don't see Derek Carr headlining the golf tournament. You don't see Mac Jones headlining the golf tournament. Tua Tunga Bailoa. There's a reason that they get these names for these events. You want your best guys there. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes the new face of this league because Tom Brady was supposed to be retired. He comes back, but what does that tell you? Of course, we all know this at some point, and I'm starting to think it won't be until he dies on the field when he's 87 years old, but he's going to retire at some point. And then Rogers, he gets his new contract with green Bay. But as we know by now, 
a lot of weird things going on with that contract. Devontae Adams leaves, and it seems to be a year a year by year basis now with Green Bay. Who knows what happens to uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, w- within the Green Bay organization as the years go on here? But we've already seen, of course, Drew Brees retire. We've already seen Big Ben retire, Philip Rivers, Manning years ago. But the era that I grew up on is almost all the way out. Once Brady's gone and Rodgers is gone, it's the new league. And the new league is being headlined by our Josh Allen. And I absolutely love it. And Josh Allen, when it comes to the golf course, folks, no joke. When I was at the Western Media Day interviewing all the players, Josh Allen... So they had, a, they had a, I think I've told you this story before, but it's relevant now again. They had a golf simulator set up at the UB campus where we were at the event at. And I posted on my Twitter if you want to go watch the video, but Josh Allen has one of the purest golf strokes I've ever seen. I mean, when I was sitting there watching him, just, I, and I was in awe. I mean, I just sat and watched him play on the golf simulator. I, I thought to myself, this dude could be a pro golfer. I mean, I'm not kidding. The, 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 the stroke, impeccable, perfect form. And on the simulator, you could tell he was just cranking the ball. It was going exactly where he wanted him to. And I love that because it just shows you the guy is just an all-around talent. An all-around talent, all-around athlete. I was impressed as hell by it. But looking at this particular event, I, I am absolutely beyond stoked for it. And uh, the main takeaway here, in my opinion, is we are watching the new face emerge for the league. And I am telling you right now, Josh Allen is a major, major part of that. And it's exciting stuff. We had been waiting for this forever. Never thought I'd know what it would look like until now, and here it is. Uh, so a little bit more information on it. The Capital One's The Match is what it's called. And it is June 1st. I think I saw somebody comment that in the comments. It is June 1st, Brady Rogers versus Alan Mahomes. I mean, that's going to be must-see TV. I'm super stoked for it. I have no idea what the golf game's like for Mahomes. I know Brady and Rogers are real good, but I'm telling you right now. And, and Alan played, uh, played at Pebble Beach not too long ago. I saw some footage there. He seems to be a huge golf guy. He was at the Masters. Uh, he played at Pebble Beach, what was it, a month ago or so. Um, yeah, his – and I, I suck at golf, so what do I know? But just based on what I watched from him – Compared to people that I know are pretty decent at golf, he was lights out. He was absolutely lights out. So, John coming in saying, hey, man, did you ever get your woman fed? Yeah, if you watched, if you watched Rico and Rev and I the other night, my girlfriend Caroline was in the comments, buy me Taco Bell, buy me Taco Bell. Um, yeah, we got her fed, John. Thanks for reminding me, or thanks for uh, checking in. She is all good. She's all fed. Good stuff. Southside Chris coming back in saying, we're on the same streak as the 90s, just hopefully we can go for straight wins this time. We lost an AFC championship, then we lost the divisional round, and then we went four straight Super Bowls. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Chris. I sure as hell hope so. Jason's saying mini golf. Now, I'll tell you what. See, I would have a lot more fun watching these guys go off against in mini golf. How fun would that be? That would be a riot. I would love it. But the way they do these, these tournaments, I think they play scramble. So it's not like your traditional golf it's almost like if you go out with your buddies, I think they put bets on, you know, certain things like, uh, you know, they, they'll bet per hole amongst each other, stuff like that. And I think they mic them up too. Cause I, they did one a while back. I think it was, it was, I forget who it was. Uh, Brady was with Mickelson. Yeah, you guys remember it was, it was maybe it was Manning with uh, somebody else. 
But they had them all mic'd up. It might have been Rogers, actually, now that I think about it. But they had them mic'd up. They were all talking crap and stuff. It was awesome. So I enjoyed the hell out of it. But that, that to me, is super cool, super fun. And the trash talking has already begun between Tom Brady. I'll tell you what. Tom Brady, he's got an elite Twitter. Can't knock it. You can't knock it. I mean, I don't know who's running his Twitter account, but they're doing a hell of a job. They're always pumping out just incredible content. So, yeah, the guy can't lose, but hopefully he loses the golf tournament to Josh Allen, obviously. So the draft's around the corner, like I mentioned. And I I just, I, I in my opinion, this is one of those drafts that doesn't seem to have nearly as much hype as they typically do. And I just think that's because of the lack of a quarterback representation in this current draft. And that's fine. That's fine. Because to me, the position that the Bills are in, the position that the Bills are in currently is, you know, a unique position compared to what we're used to, I suppose, if you're looking at the sample size over the last 20 years. And that's drafting quite late, and you're just – it's a tougher spot to be in. Obviously, the closer up you are in the draft, the more likely you are to fill the void that you need. That's the reason that it is structured the way it is. The Bills being where they are, they have a few choices, right? They can trade up if they're going for the corner of their choice, which is what I think they would trade up for if they did, although I'm, I'd be shocked to see it. And I shouldn't say shocked. I'd be intrigued to see it. I'm not anticipating it, but the more we have talked about it on these shows, the more it makes sense that if they have a corner that they are 100% targeting, their guy, the guy they have to have, they're going to have to trade up 100%. But the, the late round picks are interesting because you have a lot of maneuvering to do because the, the, the guys are, that you're looking for very well could go before and you have to have a variety of choices at your disposal in order to get the guy that falls to you. So for me personally, not a major draft guy. I say it all the time, but I do enjoy hearing what others have to say. So I figured tonight I would walk through a variety of different mock drafts from a variety of different analysts and see what they're saying about the Bills pick at 25 now for some reason my computer will not let me share the screen i have no idea why i keep trying to do it and every time i do it it says that i don't have the security what i, I don't i can't pass the security clearance it's my computer I mean, what are you, what are you talking about who, who who puts the security on it not i so i'm gonna have to read them out loud uh, well, i was gonna read them anyways but i can't visualize them for you so i apologize but i'm gonna go through all of these different mock drafts and read off what each analyst is saying, and then we'll decide amongst uh, you know myself and you in the comments who we thought had the best mock and why. So starting here over at NFL.com, I have Charles Davis's mock draft. And at 25, Charles Davis has the Bills taking Kyler Gordon, cornerback out of Washington. Charles Davis says, I've been a proponent of adding a wide receiver here. But the secondary could use some assistance. It sure could. Tredavious White is returning from a knee injury, and there is no clear-cut starter opposite him. Gordon's ability to make plays on the ball catches your eye on tape. I think the way that Charles Davis just put that was perfectly said. It's exactly how I view this draft. I would love to go wide receiver. Absolutely would love to go wide receiver. If I had my pick, it would be Jahan Dotson out of Penn State, the wide receiver. In this particular mock draft, Charles Davis has him going before the Bills could even have a chance at him. He has him going to the Packers at 22. 
But what Davis is saying here is essentially my mindset. Wide receiver would be the luxury pick. It would be the pick that I think would immediately come in and even further amplify this offense, which, of course, you know, with Josh Allen, the sky's the limit. I still don't think we've seen the ceiling. And if you continue to add top-tier weapons, God only knows where it goes. We have seen the pattern over and over again. You add a weapon to Josh Allen's arsenal, he gets better and better and better. So I would love to go wide receiver here. But I just don't think you can. Because as Charles Davis says here, Tredavious White is coming back, but it is off the injury. And opposite of Tredavious White, there is no starter today. There isn't one. And it was the one area of this team that has not been addressed in the offseason. So to me, the pick makes sense. Now, who they wind up getting at 25, I'm not particularly sure. But it seems as though cornerback is the overwhelming logical choice. Now, I'm scrolling through Charles Davis' uh, mock draft here. I want to see how many corners he has going prior to that. So he has Sauce Gardner going to the Jets at four. So that's one corner gone. And then he's got Derek Stingley going to the uh, the Seahawks at nine. And he's got Trent McDuffie going to the Vikings at 12. So there's a variety of cornerbacks in this draft, as you well know. It's just a matter of who's going to fall to Buffalo. And is it going to be the choice that the Bills are, you know, okay with? Because I'm a firm believer of if, if, if Brandon Bean doesn't think the guy who falls to them is the right fit, he won't take him. I think he'll go best available. I don't think he'll just take a corner for the sake of taking a corner. They're doing their research for sure. That's why I wouldn't be stunned if they traded up to get their guy because you know damn well they have at least one or two guys circled right now that they're saying this is the guy we need at the position. This is the guy that we think can come in and immediately make an impact at a position that we currently do not have filled. So right off the bat, in Charles Davis's mock draft here, he has five corners going before Kyler Gordon to the Bills at 25. So that just goes to show you the amount of corner talent in this draft. Now, that could spell very well for the Bills because with the amount of talent at the position in this draft, you know, logic tells you, history tells you, one, two, Plus, of these guys aren't going to be hits. So whoever falls to Buffalo, there's just as much of a potential for him to be a star as there is for, say, Sauce Gardner at four to the Jets. We all know this by now. Where you're drafted to matters, and the Bills have a terrific setup on defense with a lot of veteran presence. I think if they are satisfied with the corner that falls to them at 25 i am overwhelmingly confident that they will be able to get that particular player to work in this system the way that they've been executing their defense the last uh, several seasons especially last year and i know there were definitely times where it, it wasn't pretty but they did finish the year number one in defense I don't think optically they were the number one defense in the league, but statistics don't lie. That's how good of a defense the Bills had. And I think that if you have that defense and pair it with a young guy, 
who you do have trust in. I think that if anybody can make it work, it's this current Bills setup. So that's Charles Davis's mock draft. He he has Kyler Gordon, cornerback out of Washington, going to the Bills at 25. Let's head on over to PFF and see what they're thinking. So if I scroll down to 25 on PFFs, now corner again, but they have Andrew Booth out of Clemson falling down to 25. So if we go back to Charles Davis's, he had Andrew Booth going at 21 to the Patriots. So what's that? what that's saying is if Booth, both these drafts, uh, these mock drafts have Booth falling into the 20s. It's just a matter of who goes where. In the PFF mock draft, they have New England taking Trent McDuffie. So that's leaving Booth open out of Clemson for the Bills to take. Now, this mock draft was conducted, like I said, by PFF. And the, ex, uh, the excerpt uh, describing the pick says this. Buffalo needs cornerback help, and Booth is a physical corner who can fit perfectly into that defense and bring a very high ceiling to the table, even if he needs a little work to get there. Booth has elite footwork, but just one year as a full-time starter while posting some ugly losses in that season. Booth is a pick is a pick long on potential, but one who could become good in a hurry given the tools he has at his disposal. Now, I've heard a lot about Andrew Booth. I know a lot of you guys throughout a variety of shows that we've done have praised Andrew Booth as a guy that you would like to see the Bills take. But two, two mock drafts in, and I, I just think that has there ever been more of a clear-cut need for the Bills than what they currently face right now. The corner position, I mean, even somebody like me, not very in tune with the draft whatsoever. I mean, I think it's inevitable that they're going corner. But I think it's intriguing to see how many corners are being prospected in the top 25 here. It's incredible. I mean, there's there's an, a ton of them. I, I'd have to go back and look, but when's the last time this many corners were projected to go off the board this early. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the PFF one here, and I'm, I'm counting six in the first round. But that just goes to show you where the league's at, right? I mean, especially in the AFC, you don't have a secondary, forget it. And the Bills already have a great setup at secondary, but we all know opposite of Tredavious White right now is a major hole. And you look around this AFC, if you don't have all your holes filled in the secondary, you are going to pay the price. I mean, the talent on offense is extraordinary. Need, need, I, need, need I bring up all of the talent the Bills are going to have to face this coming season? It is absurd. And as good of a defense as they currently have, as good of a defense as anybody in this league has, you, you can't sit on your hands. You need to continue to get better and better. And that's exactly what Brandon Bean and the Bills did to this defense this offseason. They know what is around the corner. You know, 100%. I mean, that's the reason why so many of these teams have gone out and tried to figure out their defense in pursuit of trying to stop opposing offenses like the Bills like the Chargers, like the Chiefs, like the Bengals, just explosive offenses left, right, and center in the NFL, uh, in particular, of course, in the AFC. And I think that's another reason why we're seeing so many corners being linked to the first round this year. Y you have to do it. 
You need three things in this league right now to be successful. The quarterback, bar none, number one. Obviously, you need it. You don't have the quarterback in place. Nothing else matters at all. Two, edge presence. presence. Now, the Bills really haven't had that. And we've seen the issues with that. In particular, the AFC Championship against the Chiefs two years ago. The inability to get after Patrick Mahomes was almost the sole reason the Bills got destroyed in that game. It was also the sole reason why the Chiefs got destroyed in the Super Bowl. Because the edge pressure, the line pressure in general for Tampa Bay in that Super Bowl was so overwhelming. I had never seen Mahomes struggle like that, ever. I don't know if we ever will again. But that goes to show you how important that is. So you go out and you get Von Miller. You upgrade the D-line. And on, on the opposite side as well, you upgrade the offensive line. That's where the Bills are currently at. They have their weapons in place. They have their core pieces. Now it's time to build the trenches and really make this unit complete, obviously. And you're looking around the league, you're looking at these mock drafts, and that seems to be the mentality for a variety of teams. But those, the majority of teams, almost all of them, not nearly as talented as the Bills. So if they can get a corner at 25, that is an immediate factor, takes this defense to a whole other level. Going over to NFL.com for another mock draft here. Here's Lance Zerline scrolling down to 25. See what he has to say. Now, this is, this, is, this is what I'm getting at here, man. We have three mock drafts here. All three have the Bills taking a corner. All three of them have the Bills taking a different corner. Incredible. Because that just goes to show you that no one's going to have a clue which corner winds up making their way to 25 for the Bills. So Lance Zerline here at 25 has the Bills taking Kair Elam from Florida. Now, I've seen a little bit on him. I mean, all these guys that I've seen stuff on, I mean, there's a reason that they're being touted as first-round prospects. They all have what it takes. Uh, Kair Elam out of Florida. I've seen some highlights of him. Definitely looks like a, an exhilarating player at the position. Uh, and Zerline, his expert for the reasoning based on the pick, says... What pick do you give the team that well, oh, I'm going to take this one in for a bit here. Love, love the way, love, love this piece. What pick do you give the team that has the fewest holes to fill in the draft? Oh, I'll tell you, I'll never get sick. Of, like, like I was talking about earlier with the Josh Allen thing with the golf tournament. I'll just never get sick of stuff like this. Like that is so satisfying to read. What pick do you give the team that has the fewest holes to fill in the draft? It's not an easy call, but Alam is a quality corner with outstanding football IQ. Love it. I think that's crazy interesting, though. You have three mock drafts, all corner. All three of them have a different corner going. Now, if I look at this particular mock draft, let's see where those other two corners went that were in the previous mock drafts. So, Charles Davis... He had the Bills taking Kyler Gordon and Lance Zerlines. Let's see where Kyler Gordon wound up. And I'm scrolling through here, and it's not like, you know, some of these draft, these mock drafts have more corners than others. Like, the, almost all of them have the same amount of corners going uh, in the first round. So I'm just scrolling. Okay, so Kyler Gordon, uh, Zerlines got him going at 31 to the Bengals. So in this mock, Zerline is saying... Kyler Gordon will be on the board at 25, but the Bills will go with Kyra Lamb over 
Kyler Gordon. Interesting. And then in the PFF mock draft, Andrew Booth going to the Bills. And if I'm scrolling along here, let's see where Andrew Booth is projected to go in Zerline's mock draft. The, the majority of these all have, you know, McDuffie and um, Sauce Gardner all the way up at the top. So that's telling you right there. I mean, those are, those are your, what seem to be right now, at least, your clear-cut top guys. Uh, scrolling through here, where I don't even know if, uh, let's see. Oh, wow, okay, so in this Zerline, in the, um, in the Zerline mock, I'm not seeing Andrew Booth taken uh, in the first round, unless I'm losing my eyesight here. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Nope, 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 nope. Wow, this is interesting. Okay, so in, the, uh, in this mock draft from Zerline, he doesn't even have Andrew Booth going in the uh in the first round interesting so based on this particular one Zerline's thinking the bills are going to have their pick of the litter at 25 when it comes to the remaining cornerbacks that are projected to go in the first round so that is interesting three mocks in the books three corners all three different moving on to uh this uh another mock draft i found on sports illustrated and this is the first one I've seen thus far where the Bills do not have a corner being projected to go. In this mock draft on Sports Illustrated, the projection is the Bills go with interior line with Tyler Linder, uh, Linderbaum out of Iowa. And we all know we all know what those big boys can do in Iowa. Those linemen in Iowa, no joke. The Big Ten, the Big Ten farm boys, man. That's what, that's what you want at that particular position, man. Nothing like Big Ten uh, trenches. The reasoning for the pick, athleticism and overall movement skills are scary. He's able to move up the field like a tight end and generates massive pop when he reaches the second level. Snaps the football with impeccable precision, and his conversion to blocking is clean and crisp. Now, I mean, I understand you can never be too good at the offensive line, but the way I see it, the Bills have made their moves at the offensive line position this offseason. They have addressed that. I don't know if the Bills can afford to avoid the corner position in pursuit of an offensive lineman after the work they've already done to restructure the line to begin with this offseason. That, to me, just doesn't make sense. And if you were, and I understand the reasoning, I think, based on the fact that if you go Tyler Lindenbaum you have an extended period of time in which you will get a young, talented lineman. Of course, the the Bills right now, they're not overwhelmed with that, right? So that to that point, it makes sense. But if you look at this season coming up, and clearly the emphasis for this season is win now. The window is now. We need to fit through it. So I'm not sure if a move like that for the future, even though it makes sense, the strategy in which we have seen Brandon Bean approach this offseason tells us we're all in, the chips are on the table for this year. We've seen that with the, you know, the Bucs. We've seen that with the Rams over the last couple of seasons. That's what you're going to have to do to get over the top. And to me... I just think that Bean goes into this draft trying to pursue a position or a player that immediately uh, immediately upgrades this team in a spot where they do not currently have, uh, you know, 
that particular player in place. Johnny Blaze coming in saying, Bills are one injury away on the O-line from starting Ford or Hart. Now, that's true. It's true. So th- that, that's what I'm getting at here. I mean, the depth is definitely not there. But the, you know, they, have, they have addressed that position multiple times in this offseason, whereas the corner position hasn't even been touched. So I understand, yes, you would love to have the depth. You'd love to have the young gun, you know, the young prospect with up, the utmost potential at the position. But I just keep coming back to there is no there is no cornerback two currently. And if it's not going to be done in the, in the first round of the draft, then who's starting? What's the, what's the play? Now let's go over to the expert himself, the original Josh Allen. I mean, he's the OG. Mel Kuyper was the OG defender of Josh Allen. I forget who it was on Twitter today, but I saw somebody uh, put it out, uh, the clip of Mel Kuyper defending Josh Allen. It never gets old because everybody thought that he was just an idiot for thinking that Josh Allen would be better uh, than Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. and He made them all eat crow. Um, oh, I got some video playing here. My apologies. Be great to know where the hell that was coming from. Uh, I've seen this commercial a million times. Where's it coming from? Good God. I found it. Found it. Did I find it? Oh, my God. Jesus. All right. Yeah, thank you. Oh, maybe not. Good God Almighty. All right, whatever. So this is Mel Kuyper's, and uh, he's got Daxton Hill, a D-back out of Michigan. If we could mute this commercial, that would be extraordinary. Where is it coming from? It's like hiding on me. What? There it is. Good God. I hate that, man. God. Anytime you click on a freaking link nowadays, something's got to play. Every time. Every damn time. God, sorry about that. Okay. So what does Mel Kuyper have to say about the Bills at 25? He's thinking Daxton Hill, defensive back out of Michigan. Now, here's his reasoning. I just moved Hill way up on my big board. NFL teams love his versatility. He played more than 550 snaps at Nickelback in 2021 and think he could play both corner and safety. He might be a slot corner if he ends up in Buffalo, which lost Levi Wallace in free agency and has Tredavious White returning from an ACL tear. Andrew Booth and Kyler Gordon are two other corners to keep an eye on. The Bills have one of the be- The Bills have one of the best rosters in the league. Once again, never going to get old reading stuff like that. Love the explanation here though. Because Essentially, what Mel Kuyper is telling you is what we've seen from three other mock drafts thus far. The Bills are going D back. They're going corner. Who's it going to be? Now, from the looks of it on Mel Kuyper's reasoning here, this Daxton Hill was not seen as somebody that was going to be taken this high up, but he hasn't moved way up as of recent. NFL teams love his versatility. 550 snaps at nickel could play both corner and safety. You know, versatility, I mean, especially especially with this defense currently, you know, if you know, if you have injuries, 
if you have different formations that you're trying to run, if you have a guy who's versatile and being able to play multiple positions, that's awesome. I haven't seen that be, you know, touted by any of these other guys. So Daxton Hill is who Mel Kuyper has, but he also says that we could be looking for Kyler Gordon or Andrew Booth, who we all know is, are, are being, uh, you know, looked at for that position as well. Jeff King, just an absolute legend. What can you, what can you even say about Jeff King? Jeff, thanks for tuning in, man, and thank you, as always, for the super chat. Never have enough thanks to give you. Jeff come in, coming in and saying, bot, Wanted to thank you, Rico, Pierre, and Rev for understanding the concept of being relatable to Bills fans and people in general. It's always about relatability for success in any business. Going away for a while if I don't make it back for the season. Ah, oh, Jeff. Go Bills, go get it, please. Well, Jeff, I don't know where you're going, man. Uh, I don't want you to go anywhere. And you better make it back for the season wherever the hell you're going. But, Jeff, uh, my God, man, the pleasure is, I say this every time, the pleasure is overwhelmingly ours. Um, here at the Fanatics, I say this all the time. That's what, that's what we strive to do, man, relatability. We are, we are fans, voice and fan opinions. That's why, I, even here, I'm reading the mock drafts. I'm not going to give you my mock draft because I don't know a damn thing. I don't know dick about these guys when it comes to these positions. So I'd much rather inform you about what the experts are saying. Because if it were up to me, we'd be going wide receiver, and it probably wouldn't be a good idea. So, Jeff, thank you, man, sincerely. And like I said, I don't know where you're going, but if you are stepping away for a bit, you will be extremely missed, and I hope to have you back ASAP. Thanks so much, as always, for the Super Chat, Jeff. Much, much love. And uh, like I said, hope, hope you're back around here soon. Um, Man, I love Jeff King. He's always got the right thing to say, doesn't he? He's always, he always, everything he, every time, anytime he has something to say to me, it always brings a smile to my face. Jeff, like I said, I can't say this enough, man. If you're going away, please find a way to come back. Please. Always better. Uh, the show's always better having you in the chat, man. Always. All right, we're moving on to another mock draft. This time we're heading over to Yahoo. And okay, finally we have a repeat. I believe, right? Yes, going back to the PFF. Yep, okay. PFF had the Bills taking Andrew Booth. Yahoo has the Bills taking Andrew Booth. And like I had just mentioned, Andrew Booth was already being mentioned as well by uh, Mel Kuyper. So uh, there's a theme here. Andrew Booth, Andrew Booth, Andrew Booth. So that could be very, very likely. And that's who Yahoo has the Bills taking. Heading over to NFL.com again for Peter Schrager. Love Schrags. Very intelligent NFL um, reporter. He has an interesting pick here. And now I've seen this be tossed around a bit, you know, all over the place uh, as far as, you know, hot takes, you could say, for the Bills at, uh, at 25 in this draft. I don't think over – I don't think O-line was – a dramatic hot take I could see it happening I don't think wide receivers crazy either um, but I just I'm convinced at this point it's corner so is the majority of these mock drafts but Peter Schrager has the Bills going linebacker Quay Walker out of Georgia and Schrager's reasoning yes Buffalo just added Von Miller in free agency and yes the Bills drafted pass rushers with their top two picks a season ago that they did. That doesn't mean they're done on D. Walker was yet another combine star from Georgia 
and he's versatile enough to fit in Leslie Frazier's scheme at multiple spots. I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. You, you, you have Matt Milano, who's freshly paid, and then you have you have Tremaine Edmonds. With the, few, the, the, the jury's out on Tremaine Edmonds. We have no idea what the Bills are going to do there. We hear his name talked about all the time as a potential, you know, trade coming up here or a potential re-sign. But nonetheless, I think you got to make a move on Tremaine Edmonds if you plan on going linebacker at 25. You already, you already have that in place, so you'd think. And if, and if you don't think Tremaine Edmonds is the guy, well, then I think that, that the, the move needs to be made now while the value's there. And if you do make that move, then I don't know if you stay at 25. And I guess if you do make that move, are you just swapping out one young prospect for another at the position? I disagree with this pick at linebacker. Let's see what you guys are saying here. Um, let's see. <laughs> okay, so Silas is coming in and saying there are only two wrong answers at 25, Traylon Burks or a running back. Schrager is, <laughs> Schrager is drunk if he thinks they're taking an outside linebacker at 25. Yeah, I just don't see it. I, 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 don't, I don't see – I just don't think it makes sense currently. Ronald saying Pete is bonkers. By the way, you all, you all bring a smile to my face. You all bring... I mean, I'm always smiling. See? I'm cheesing. You all bring a smile to my face, by the way. But I'm going to miss Jeff, man. Sit in the back of my head. I hope Jeff's all good. Um, Rab, you bring a smile to my face. Don't you worry, bud. Don't you worry. John, all you guys. But I agree with you. I just... That doesn't make sense to me. Linebacker at 25, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy about it. I'll just say that. I, I, don't, I, I don't think I'd be satisfied with that. Because if, you, if you're going to go that direction, then to me, it leaves more questions than answers. Alexander, you make me smile. You, make, you all make me smile. I'm going to leave it there. I'm happy as a clam right now. But I won't be that happy if the Bills go linebacker at 25. I can't lie to you. I don't think that would make a whole lot of sense. I, to me, that seems like going wide receiver. It just kind of seems like a luxury pick, but I'd rather go wide receiver because I think that that, I think that that just makes more sense. Frankly, that's just what I would prefer. I mean, if I'm just being honest with you, that's, that's what I'd prefer. But I guess if you're going to, if you're going to go depth or if you're going to go upgrade, I'd probably rather go, I'd, I'd, I'd rather go all line over linebacker. Yeah, that, that's, not, that, that's not making sense to me. I'm not, I'm not in agreement with that at all. That, this is the one out of all of these, I think, thus far, that I just, it doesn't make much sense to me, especially when you're looking through his draft here. And, and uh, you know, it seems that the corners that we would be targeting are available. And it's interesting as well. He's another one here, Schrager. Another mock that doesn't have Andrew Booth going uh, in the first round. So, you know, based on almost all of these mocks, the Bills are going to have the ability to go Andrew Booth if they so choose. And if not him, there's going to be a variety of options at corner so long as Brandon Bean thinks they're a good fit. But linebacker at 25, disagree. 
Silas saying the only reach I'd be happy with is Christian Watson at 25. Let's take a look, Silas. Christian Watson. I think I've heard you guys bring him up before. Yes. Yes. Christian Watson. Now, see, I wonder, I wonder, man, I'm starting, I'm starting, see, I usually don't get any, I don't get overwhelmingly interested until around this time. See, now, now it's starting to hit me where it's like, okay, what are they going to do? And if they do go Christian Watson, I'll tell you this, I, I'm not, I, I, I won't be, dis, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be excited about a wide receiver. See, that's the thing, right? That's the tough part about the draft. It's also the tough part about life. Buying things that aren't exciting aren't fun. Like drafting an old lineman isn't fun, right? It's just not. It's not sexy. It's not fun. It isn't. Drafting the wide receiver, the quarterback, obviously, that's exciting. That's fun. But... Oftentimes, the pieces in life that you need to spend money on are the things you don't want to spend money on. Most of the time in life, you're spending money on things you'd rather not spend money on. But it's necessary. To that point, we also spend a lot of money on things that aren't necessary. But of course, that brings us excitement, joy, fill in the blank. So, I would be excited about a wide receiver that 25 I can't lie but the realist the realistic approach which you know I guess you could I'm an adult now I'm 25 I'm an adult the adult move would be corner right because it's just it's the need you need a corner now more than you need a wide receiver but I think we're all victim of this we've all done this before you know you got bills to pay you got crap to take care of financially that you'd rather not and then oh you know pair of shoes come out whatever else whatever you're into and you're like ah i'll make it work i'll make it work slap the credit card down on the table so we'll see there's no way they don't go corner obviously it's just it's it's the thought process is okay do they have a guy that they think they can get later is the wide receiver that they like so high up on their board that they have to take him at 25 you know what I'm saying? Like, I guess that over that pick right there would tell you how highly they think of that wide receiver, right? Part of me thinks that they might just go best available. But the way Brandon Bean operates, especially this offseason, I think that corner would be, obviously, if I had a million dollars to bet on it, I'd bet corner. But I don't know if it's a lock. I think it should be, but, you know, if they have a wide receiver there, or Ironman like earlier, if there's somebody that they think is a, just a steal, 25, they're going to do it. But corner obviously makes the most sense. The last one I have on here is, uh, is a mock draft from The Ringer. And it's by uh, Danny Kelly. And Danny Kelly from The Ringer has the Bills getting Trent McDuffie out of Washington. That's the other name we've seen popping up all throughout these mock drafts now there's one I think there was one or several uh, mock drafts here where I saw Trent McDuffie going real high yeah okay so in Zerline's mock 
he's got McDuffie going 15 to the Eagles. This is actually the only draft I've seen where McDuffie falls to the Bills. In the PFF draft, McDuffie is projected to go to the Patriots at 21. And then in Charles Davis's mock draft, let's see where he has McDuffie going. He's got McDuffie going all the way up to 12 to the Vikings. So this is the only mock that I've seen where McDuffie falls that far. 15 to the Eagles again on Sports Illustrated. Let's see where Mel Kuyper has Trent McDuffie going. I mean, based on, based on these mocks, the conclusion I would come to would be, hell, if, if Trent McDuffie's there, pull the trigger. Because every one of these mocks has him going, uh, almost all of them, but the, but the one that has the Patriots taking him at 21, almost every single one of them has McDuffie going top 15. Mel Kuyper has him going 14 to the Ravens. Let's see what Yahoo's got. Yeah, th- I mean, the, the conclusion I'm coming to here, if McDuffie is available, you better get on it. Yahoo has him going to the Vikings as well at 12. And let's see if Schrager had him going anywhere either. But, I mean, you get, yeah, he's got him going to the Eagles as well. So, Every single mock draft has him going prior to the Bills uh, at 25. Let's see what the logic is here on the ringer as to how Trent McDuffie will fall down or how they get him. The, the explanation here is the, Bill, the Bills have few roster holes heading into 2022, but adding more playmaking cornerback talent here is a savvy move. McDuffie is an instinctive player with day one starting potential opposite Trey White. Excuse me. So let's take a look ahead of here. Let's take a look before here. Okay. So Andrew Booth in this particular mock is projected to go to the Cardinals at 23. Kier Alam out of Florida is projected to go to the Patriots at 21. That's the guy that Mel Kuyper had the Bills taking at 25. And let's see what, uh, what other corner. Stingley going 15 to the Eagles. And, uh, okay, so yeah, this is the only one, really, that has McDuffie falling all the way down like that. Uh, Every single draft, mock draft I've seen thus far, for the most part, though, obviously has Sauce Gardner as the first one off the board. So I guess we could rule, we're, we're ruling that one out. I've heard his name come up a bunch, obviously, but it just seems as though that's just not gonna be an option based on these mock drafts. But it also seemed like McDuffie wouldn't be either, and here he lies at uh, 25 for the Bills in the Ringer mock draft. So all in all, looking through these mock drafts, actually, it's kind of a sigh of relief. It makes me feel good because what it tells me is if the Bills want to go corner, they can comfortably do it. They have enough of a talent pool to pick from. And... You have to think, obviously, they're doing their due diligence on all of them, but mainly the guys that they think will still be available. And based on all of these mocks, that's obviously a smaller amount than the entire class. And I just, based on looking at these, it seems as though by the time 25 rolls around, they're going to have three or four guys to pick from. And I just think that's the right move. Let's see what you guys are thinking down here. 
McGravio, too, saying, I think wide receiver is a sneaky need. If Gabe continues to blow up in two seasons, he'll be up for a new deal. Very true. Crowder can be cut. McKenzie only around for two seasons and can be cut. Give JA-17 as many weapons as possible. See, I'm in total agreement. I, I completely agree. Um, you know, Gabe Davis, obviously, you, you want him to continue to go in the direction that he is going. But you're right. I mean, we, we've seen this happen all throughout the league. These cap casualties are inevitable when you have a quarterback making the money that Josh Allen's making and you have a Stephon Diggs and you have top-tier talent on the defensive side. You can only spend so much money, and, and some people are going to have to take the the brunt of that, obviously. Um, but um, I'm not worried about that right now. What I'm worried about is the continued progression of Gabriel Davis. This is going to be his first real opportunity to be a true wide receiver, too, and I think he's more than capable of pulling it off. But this is going to be a – this is the biggest season of Gabe Davis's career. This is This is – you know, if a contract like that is going to be earned, whether it be for the Bills or for another team like you're speaking on here, this is going to be a massive season for Gabe Davis. So I'm not worried about moving off of him just just yet, but you are right. When you're looking at positions like O-line, wide receiver, you're talking about building depth for the future when something like having to lose Gabe Davis potentially or Isaiah McKenzie winds up happening. And... Any wide receiver, I think, that is good enough to be drafted in this first round will immediately be taken to the next level by Josh Allen. I don't think we have any reason to think that that won't be true. And by the way, the wide receiver talent that we're seeing coming out of this, out of the college now, is extraordinary. I mean, they're coming in right away and just being incredible difference makers right out of the gate. The wide receiver talent is getting better and better and better every year. So that's why I say, man, I mean, I would be excited as hell. But if we do go corner, I mean, imagine, you know, where, which is what I think is most likely. You go corner and you get another Tredavious win. I mean, imagine having two top-level corners on this team having to go against the offenses that we're set to go up against for the foreseeable future. The AFC isn't going anywhere. All these teams are young and built for success. So if we can get that guy at corner to help manage, because I, I was speaking with this, I was speaking on this with Rev the other day. You know, if it comes down to it, I'm taking my money's on Josh Allen winning the shootout, right? Hundred percent. But in order to prevent games from constantly being a shootout, you're going to have to manage the bleeding when it comes to playing Mahomes and Burrow and Herber and whoever the hell else. It doesn't even matter anymore. Anybody outside of the AFC East, essentially, you're going to have to be on your A game in the secondary. And if you can find a guy who is immediately going to be that mirror image of Tredavious White, or at least you hope he's going to be, um, it's going to be a massive difference maker. You pair if, you, if you're able to pair up another top corner with Tredavious White and then mash that with, with Hyde and Poyer, forget it. Not to mention Von Miller, Matt Milano. I mean, the sky's the limit if they can nail the pick at corner. But I keep coming back to that wide receiver because the points being made in here are absolutely correct. You can never, it's like, you know, if you're a millionaire and you have a mansion, you can, you can never have too many unbelievable art pieces in your house. Josh Allen's the mansion. 
you want to fill that baby with as many art, as many Picassos and, and whatever the hell else as you possibly can. But there's times when, you know, the house needs, needs fixing. You need a roof repair, gutters leaking. You got to pay for it. And right now the gutter is leaking at cornerback. You got to fill it in. Silas coming in saying two shut down cornerbacks, TJ Hyde and Poyer in the secondary, Von Miller and Oliver on the deal. I mean, that's what I'm saying, Silas. I mean, think about that. And that's the, and the crazy thing is the offense for the Bills is so high-powered, and, and they're the ones who get all the recognition. Imagine if that was the defense that you had to deal with as well. Obviously, Josh Allen and the boys on offense are going to get all the love, but if you're reading right, what's on the screen right now from Silas, two shutdown cornerbacks, TJ Hyde and Poyer in the secondary, Von Miller and Oliver on the D-line, I mean, give me a break. We won't have to worry about many shootouts if that's the case crazy let's see what my man Rev's saying all the bills really need is a corner who is better than wallace dane jackson but if they can land sauce or stingley i'd do it i mean yeah a hundred percent all the mocks i'm seeing rev they got sauce going way high the majority of the ones i'm seeing have them going as high as four to the jets so uh, that's interesting hey speaking of which i wanted to clear something up posted (laughs) and, and it's amazing i uh you know, I never thought I'd have to do this, but we were talking about the USFL earlier. And you know, you'd probably know me well enough by now. I like a good joke every now and then. I like cracking a good joke. I enjoy laughing. I enjoy having fun. Like I said, you guys put a smile on my face. If you follow me on Twitter, I'm always joking around. Always. Because if you're not joking around on Twitter, then you better get off of it. Because not a good place to be if you're not, you're not taking it lighthearted. That's for sure. So as I pull this up here, and speaking of the USFL and the Jets just had reminded me of this as I was talking about New York. Uh, <laughs> and I should have known better, but I posted this on Twitter and it made the rounds. It definitely made the rounds. And I can't tell you the amount of people I had say or, or, or legitimately ask um, if this was true. Of course it's true. <laughs> of course. They can't, they can't put the Jets out in the field anymore. You want to talk about an inferior product. The NFL has a reputation to maintain. So they're sending them down to the USFL. I never thought I'd have to clarify that. Yes, it's a joke. I had like three or four people comment or message. I had somebody message me. Um, somebody had messaged them who then messaged me and they showed me. And they were like, is this true? But I will say this, I will say this. The fact that people even thought that that could be true just goes to show you how bad the Jets are. If I would have put like, you know, the Chiefs in that graphic, if I would have put literally anybody else in that graphic, nobody would have bought it. Maybe the Jaguars. But the fact that there was more than one person who thought that that could possibly be real just goes to show you how god-awful the Jets would be. The Jets are. And Ronald Ringer saying, would the Jets be favorites? I don't know. They'd have to compete with their other New Jersey team in the uh, USFL. They'd have to compete with them. Imagine, though. I wonder, by the way, if you were to, like, team up, if you took every, if you took the best players from the entire USFL, 
obviously the, the, the worst NFL teams rolling them. Like everybody always would, everybody, I remember the, the old saying was, the worst NFL team would get their ass kicked by Alabama. And it's like, no, no, they wouldn't. You're talking about a team in Alabama who's a college team who has NFL prospects playing against a team who has all NFL players. Yeah, the Jets are not good. They're not losing to Alabama. I wonder, though, how I wonder the question is if Alabama or whoever, the best college football team, you know, we'll, we'll say this best college football team in my life, Joe Burrow's LSU team. If you took that team, if you took Joe Burrow's LSU championship team, and then you you faced them off against a compilation of all the best players in the USFL. So you took every, you know, each player from every team who's your best player and then formed your own team. That would be an interesting one. You want to talk about getting those ratings out. Ratings would be through the roof. If you had like the best college team play the best uh, semi-pro, you know, amateur style uh, professional football players, that would be something. I'd tune in for that, 100%. So hour and a half in the books here, and I'm just double checking here, but looking at the schedule, yeah, so I will be with you again, of course, next Monday, pre-draft. Now I have to imagine... A week, uh, within the week here, as the draft gets closer, I'd be shocked if we didn't see some movement. I'd be shocked if we have, between now and the next time I'm on here with you next Monday, I'd be shocked if we didn't see at least one trade within the draft where somebody is either trading a player or an asset to move up or down. So that could potentially affect these mucks. So next week we could take another look at it and see, but I'm going to try to see if I can get some people on here next week and we can really go through and dive into it because even though I'm not huge into it, the draft, as far as my knowledge is concerned or whatever else, uh, the more we talk about this here and the more I think that the, the draft in its entirety is not overwhelmingly interesting this year, I am becoming more and more intrigued as the days go on as to what Brandon Bean is going to do at 25. I really am. The more that I look at it, you almost have to wonder, is cornerback so inevitable that it's too inevitable? Because it's a pick like this. I mean, at 25, right? Usually if you're in the top five, everybody knows who you're taking. But no matter what your need is, when you're in the 20s, I don't think you can lock in anything. I don't think you can. Because you have no idea how that board's going to fall all the way down there and who's going to be available that you never thought would be. So this, can, this gets continuously interesting to me because cornerback 100% is the obvious necessary move, but is it going to be the move? That's the question. All right, we're going to wrap this one up. I have to work late tonight, unfortunately. I have, I'm buried in work. It never ends, I'm telling you. But I can't wait to be back with you again next week. Thanks so much for tuning into this one. Make sure to hit that like button on your way out. Ring the bell. Subscribe. All that good stuff. Follow me over on Twitter at ZachB22. I just posted a review of the Josh Allen Nitro Pepsi. Anybody knows anybody at the Pepsi marketing team, have them reach out to me. Because in my opinion, that was a banger. And uh, I, I want to team up with Josh Allen and make something. Make it happen. 
Anyway, go follow me on Twitter at ZachB22. I'll be with you again here next week, Monday night, 8 p.m., and that will basically be the pre-draft party. Got to talk with the rest of the gang, Rev Rico, Pierre, and the boys, see what we're going to be doing for the draft, but I'm sure we'll be doing something, so we'll keep you updated there. But for all those updates, like I said, follow me over at ZachB22 on Twitter, and we'll keep you updated as usual. Also, on the way out, by the way, speaking of draft, go download the BFGM simulator if you have not. It's within the Buffalo Fanatics app. You can download that on the App Store or Google Play. Go try your hand at the mock draft and see what you wind up uh, getting done with your management hat on. If you haven't downloaded that app, what are you doing? Go do it. Download it on your way out of here. But for that, uh, but for, for this one, it's a wrap. Thanks so much, as always, for tuning in. Once again, next week, Monday night, 8 p.m., pre-draft. Get ready. Enjoy the rest of your week, folks, and thanks again for tuning in. And as always, go Bills. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.